Hello, and welcome to the Return Within podcast. I'm your host, Stormy Kilcher. In the Return Within podcast, we explore the human experience through the lens of subtle body energy, flower medicine, nature, animal communication, and the medicine that comes from within. I am so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining me. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am really enjoying making these podcast episodes. It's making me, it's, well, it's putting me in in a totally different experience of my business and my practice and like, like pushing me from the limits of my comfort zone. And I have to say, I'm like enjoying it now because I'm like, ooh, I get to record another podcast. Like, ooh, people have questions. Ooh, people want me to talk about this. And it's like, wow, it's giving me like a new sense of purpose and a new sense of direction on this platform. And I'm really liking it. So how's everybody doing? Mm -hmm. This week has been very emotional for me. And I feel like so many of my clients that have been coming to me for readings have said the same thing. There's just a lot of emotions and a lot of like facing the inner parts of ourselves coming out really heavily right now. And I know like it's been difficult for me. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm human and I've had to really seek support from people around me. I really have had to... Hmm find love and joy in really small ways lately. And that's been really supportive to me. And so if you're feeling this way, you know, focus on one thing that you love and just like, let that fill your cup. Even if it's that one thing, I mean, there's so much going on right now that it can feel really taxing and really just heavy and just focusing and on one thing and creating that routine with that one thing, you know, helps settle out some things and really helps give you a break, you know, gives you something else to focus on um, when there's so much intensity around you. So that being said, we, I'm going to do a part two of frequently asked questions. Like I did last week, this, the questions that I've been asked, I really, my ego was like, don't fucking talk about this. But I, um, (laughs) this morning when I woke up, my intuition and my spirit team were like, Stormy, you need to talk about these things. Like people need to have this, um, oop, Calliope just knocked over the microphone. Sorry, everybody. Um, she likes to make her presence known. Everybody knows this. She is my queen bee kitty cat. Anyway, so my team was like, you need to talk about this. Like, People need to start having these conversations. This is crucial for what we're moving into for 2022. And so I wasn't going to answer these questions, but I'm going to, um, or some of these questions I wasn't going to answer. And I'm probably not going to get to all of them, but I'll get to some of them. So the very first question that came up, and this question alone is so triggering for people and like so, uh, so controversial and it really doesn't need to be controversial. Um, I think it's only made controversial because if it can turn profit, I think that's, or like political, that's where like a lot of the strife comes from. So 
the question I got asked was, what is your opinion on climate change? What does your intuition tell you about climate change? What does earth tell you about climate change? Ooh, all right. I know, like, I immediately, like, I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'm just going to, like, go into what I've been taught and what I've learned from Mother Earth herself rather than listening to the outside stories or outside experiences. And I'm just going to, like, give you what I have learned. This is neither right or wrong. This is just my relationship to Earth. And so just keep that in mind. You might resonate with it. You might not. That is totally fine. So when it comes to Mother Earth and climate change, I would say that, yes, I do believe on some level that the Earth is changing. You know, I think that the Earth is continually growing, continually expanding. Um, It's really hard. Um to deny that there is changes to the planet. Um, really hard to deny that. And I think that on some level, we all know that we just are, there's like a lot of confliction between both sides or all the sides that come into this. So I think the very first thing I want to like address immediately, because this phrase drives me freaking crazy, is when people tell me that mother earth is dying or that mother earth can't sustain us and that mother earth is weak. How many of you have heard this, that like mother earth is dying? Like I swear all the people I used to follow or like study from would say something along the lines of mother earth is dying. And we need to like go into that really quick because First of all, like, I still feel like this mother earth is dying is very much a patriarchal belief that women cannot care for things and women can't take care of things and women can't sustain things. You know, I, I don't understand why, like, why people believe that. Like why people believe that she's not strong enough to sustain all of us. You know, I think that on a level, it's not that earth isn't able to sustain us is that humans haven't been able to take care of themselves. And so earth is trying to compensate for people and for animals and life on this earth. And so just keep that in mind. The next time you say mother earth is dying, it's like, no, I think that mother earth is showing people the consequences of their actions. I don't think that she's dying. I don't think she will ever die. I think that she is a strong source of energy. She is powerful. The fact that we as humans think that we have control over her is exactly what has gotten us into messy situations presently and before. And so it's really having this conversation about mother earth will always take care of them herself. Just like any mother knows how to take care of herself. Mothers know. And I think in society more as women in general, women have this, um, when they give birth, there's like this rebirth, like there's this like complete transformation rebirth process of the women herself uh, or the individual themselves without actually um, whether or not the baby came or there was 
you know, a miscarriage or whatever, you know, there's like this very, like whatever, whatever a woman creates from herself, there's always a death process. There's always a process of release and transformation. You know, I don't care what you say. There's always like this shift of life, this shift of perception, this shift of perspective. And that is what mother earth is continually doing for us. And she continually does for herself. So let's like lay the foundation right off the bat. Like mother earth knows how to take care of herself. She knows who she is. She knows how to prepare for herself. She knows how to take care of herself. You know, we're seeing that manifest in massive changes on the planet, such as temperature, such as rising water, such as animals dying, such as hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, you know, we all have to understand that we are here as temporary residents. Mother Earth has been around for billions of years. She knows how to take care of herself. She knows how to prepare for herself. You know, humans are new to the planet and humans have shown to be a bit more manipulative and a bit more exploiting of things around and within Earth. And so, keep that in mind. Keep this in mind. I know a lot of you are like, what the fuck? But anyway, so the next thing I think about when it comes to climate change and this whole mother earth thing is that we're seeing, and at least I've heard for most of my life of like, um, we have to do these things globally to heal the planet. Like, uh, go to the conferences and buy sustainable and stop making plastic and yada, 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 which I agree with on some level, but I also know that the planet will not change if we only do temporary bandages, right? Like all of the solutions that have come forth in big environmental conferences and big environmental meetings in our current government in the United States, all the things that are coming through are just bandages. And I don't think that people realize that. And I want to explain that it's not that there's no, it's not that those bandages aren't good. It's just that we have to get to the root cause to why the planet is reflecting such massive disaster, such massive change, such massive pain, we have to realize that it comes from humans, right? If we as a human species do not begin to go internally and reflect internally to the things that we have to face, our pain, our suffering, our disconnection from earth, our disconnection from source, what we've been taught, everything that you know, governments or environmental groups will try and do, it will only be like this topical application to a much bigger problem. You know, and you can totally disagree with me on this, but I do know, like anything, there has to be many working factors into one. You cannot just fix one thing without fixing everything else, because everything else comes into play to that one thing. And I know that that is what we're moving into in the next few years is that there's needs to be this healing and this ascension into a higher consciousness of how to heal ourselves, how to take care of ourselves, how to take care of our communities, how to take care of our animals. You know, it's not like 
we can continue to play this old pattern of like, we'll just put bandages on all of this stuff. We'll just let the government take care of it. No, it's like we as a people, we as humans have to begin to take responsibility for our inner turmoil because that is reflecting and manifesting in the physical world. And that is constant and continuous in any type of energy exchange, whether we're talking about Mother Earth or whether we're talking about something else. The energy is always present until we deal with it, until we pre- until we release the resentment, release the shame, we face it, you know, we heal it. We love it. We give it care and we give it tender, loving nourishment. And so when I think about this, I also know that and what my intuition has told me is that it's not going to just require buying metal straws or reducing plastic bags. While, yes, these are all positive things to contribute to reducing your waste and to reducing your, um, like the pain that's given to earth, you know, it's, it's more of like, you have to begin facing your inner demons. You have to begin to face the shadow within you because the shadows that are being manifested on the planet are coming from all of us. You know, at some point we all carry these shadows. We all have fear of the shadows. We all have fear of making lots of money of, is the planet going to die? You know, are we all going to die? You know, this fear of death, this fear of pain, this fear of grief, you know, it's all present, all of it. Um, Calliope's purring because she knows I'm getting really excited about this conversation. So keep this in mind when you are thinking about the environment, you know, and I also think one of the things that I I find really interesting is that, you know, Native Americans, they have so much wisdom and knowledge on how to commune with earth and how to relate to earth and how to take care of earth. And yet they're excluded from the conversation because the way that they are doing it comes from a place of respect for the earth. And obviously they have been, their land has been taken and that has been shown in many areas of the country and the world of droughts, you know, this not equal giving and respect for the land itself. And mother, like I said before, mother earth will take care of herself regardless of circumstances just like any person would take care of themselves. And I think that's important to understand. There doesn't need to be fear about that. There doesn't need to be, oh my God, she's going to kill us. It's not that. It's more of like, she knows how to take care of herself. If this is how she needs to take care of herself, we have to respect the life and death cycle on this planet. We also have to respect that we are contributing to this and we have to take care of our shit. Period. Um, yeah, (laughs) I know this is one of those conversations that people get really, it really strikes a chord because they're like, well, if I do all of this, I'm doing something right. I agree, but I do know that it's going to take a deeper level of healing and a deeper level of really respecting the earth and returning to respecting the people who have tended to the earth way before we ever did. 
and listening to their wisdom and listening to the beauty that comes within them, um, which is the beauty of connecting to mother nature and their authenticity, authenticity of connection to the land. We have to respect that, you know, we all have to, we have to get on board with that soon. We have to get on board with the fact that we cannot continue to disrespect the earth and disrespect ourselves because we are a reflection of the earth in our bodies. We are made of earth. She is made of us. We have to respect that relationship. You know, we can't continue this exploitation of like grind, 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 because it's not going to work. It's not going to work, folks. It's just not. Um, yeah. So if, I don't know if that really answers the question, but I do know that this is what I have come to understand, especially when I feel a lot of fear about people's messages of like the world's going to end in 10 years or whatever. And I check into earth and I actually commune with earth herself rather than commune to um, listen to people who don't really take the time to listen to her directly. You know, my relationship to earth is solely between me and earth and I respect her. And I understand that there's roots and webs of that connect me to thousands, if not millions of people when I continue to respect earth and continue to ask for her guidance directly. I don't, you know, I'm not going to seek guidance from somebody who's not actually speaking to her. So I want you all to think of that um, and really dive into how to connect on a deeper level to earth and your environment and the healing within you and seeing this connection between you as the human and the earth and being made of the same thing and how those two reflect of each other. Woo. Okay. Hmm. And the second question I got, we're going to move along. The second question I got was in sessions, do you tell people everything? I think this is a really interesting question because I I think that this like gives people this notion of like me as an intuitive, I know everything and I can hold that power over people for knowing everything. And I know a lot of people who do that, a lot of intuitives, a lot of psychics who do that, but that is something that I have released and I do not want to be involved in that very clearly. That was what I really was clear on when I really started diving into my intuition was that I don't want things that I could hold over people because that is where so much damage has been done within the spiritual community and within the new age community. It's like this holding power over people. And so when it comes to sessions, I will only ask for messages that they need to hear right now or individuals need to hear right now. I don't necessarily care about the person's future. I mean, I do, I hope it's successful and loving, but I know that the future is not present unless the present moment is taken care of and nurtured. And so it's important for people to know now what they're going through of how to move forward. And so no, I really, you know, sometimes a message will come in and I'll say, do you think this person's ready to hear it? And sometimes they'll say yes or no. If it's no, 
then I will not attach to it. I'll just let it go. It really is not. I'm doing work and service from spirit and source. I am not doing work and service to feed people's egos of like, I'm going to have this and this and this and this and this when maybe those things are not in alignment for them. But in the present moment, when I guide people in the present moment, it's a very, that's what they need right now. This is what they need. And that feels more loving and more nurturing to me than telling people every single detail about their lives. Because let's be honest, life, there is free will. There is change. There is growth. There is things that you never, you know, it's like you never thought what happened could happen. There's things where, um, the possibilities are endless or they're feeling a bit slim in the moment. You know, there's all these different factors. And so I always guide sessions in the present moment. That is the most important thing to me. That is what I practice in my life. That is what I have been very clear about with my team, my spirit team in doing readings for people. I really wanted all the information to be present based because honestly, that's the most truthful information I can give somebody right now. Um, so that's one question. Um, I'm looking at my list of deciding what is, what am I going to answer next? I really didn't have like planned. I just started talking. <laughs> um, so the third question is what does surrendering look like to you? I find it a very spiritual experience. Hmm. I would say that surrendering feels like, uh, how do I explain this? I'm a very visual person. I have a lot of like clear visions. And when I do this, when I surrender, I have a particular meditation that I do, um, where it's like I'm floating in a river and I'm just completely at ease. Even if the water is like rocky and wild, it's like I'm just floating in the river and the river is taking care of me. Um, I recently watched a TV show on Amazon called Wheel of Time. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It is so good. I used to read the books in high school. I love it. And there's one character at the very beginning of the first episode where she is pushed into a river and she's like fighting the river and fighting the river. And then before she was pushed, her guide um, or the wisdom, as they call her, told her to trust the river, listen to the river. And this girl, when she gets pushed into the river, she's fighting the river, fighting. It's rapid. It's moving quickly. You know, there's so much tension. And then finally she just listens and she releases and the river just takes her gently down, even though it's like still rocky water, you know, and she finds that release. That is what surrendering feels like to me. It feels very much of not being passive of like, I'm going to ignore this or I'm just not going to take care of us. It feels like allowing yourself to be guided by forces that are bigger than you and then listening to the forces that tell you or the intuition that tells you where to move. 
you know, it's a very powerful experience. Whenever I completely surrender to things, it's not so much about getting something or like finding the answer. It's more like I'm just returning to me. I'm just returning to my truth, returning to who I am as a person. And that is extraordinary to me. That feels very powerful. That feels more powerful to me than finding the answers to everything or knowing the answers to everything or getting something in return to surrendering to the universe. You know, I do know that there's moments where people are forced to surrender. And, you know, this can happen in a spiritual awakening. This could happen in a really difficult, like if you're in a car accident, there's like this moment of surrender. And surrendering is a beautiful tool to use. It's a beautiful tool to trust in the sources that are bigger than you. The experience that I was just thinking that just like came in, I haven't thought about this, was I played volleyball my whole, most of my childhood, most of my teenage years. And my senior year, I had actually gotten hurt. Um, I had to have a major knee surgery. And I remember the moment that I, um, I had jumped up. I was playing, I was on the outside and I was about to hit the ball. It was like the formation. I wasn't an outside hitter, but I was in the formation where I got to hit it. And then I would switch to my position and the ball was pushed out a little too far and I couldn't, I was trying to compensate. And when I jumped up, I completely landed on my knee wrong. But in the moment of me jumping and then coming down on my knee and then me falling to the ground, there was a moment of complete peace. There was a moment of complete surrender of I was physically put in a position where I had to give everything and I would had to just let things be as they were. I had no control over it. I couldn't change the circumstance. I couldn't change what I was feeling, you know, and there was this complete peace and this complete, like, we're taking care of you, you know, and I actually saw an angel hold my hand as I came down on the floor and they told me, do not fear Everything will be okay. This is just part of your journey. We are here for you. And then, you know, once that peaceful moment went away, of course I was in a tremendous amount of pain, but I knew driving to the hospital, I already knew what had happened. Even I already knew the injuries I had subsided, even though it took about a month before all the MRIs and CAT scans came through to confirm what I had already known and what I had seen by talking to the angel. And so, you know, there are moments where we just have to allow things to play out as they are. You know, me getting injured in the moment, it was brutal. You know, it was such a brutal experience. Um, It was so painful. It, you know, there was so much loss because I wanted to play college volleyball. I had so much um, like inner drama about like what I thought my life was supposed to look like. I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to do this. I wanted to play college volleyball. I wanted an athlete, uh, athletic scholarship, that kind of thing. And in that moment of peace, it was like, oh, that's not who I am anymore. This isn't me. I was chasing a dream 
that is no longer meant to be. And I can trust that there's something bigger than me, even though I have to face this difficult injury in the recovery, which is quite pairing to surrendering, especially in big moments where you're forced to surrender. There's always a recovery period. And that was my recovery period was I physically could not walk anywhere. Like I was on crutches for six months or something. Well, six months, five and a half months, September, October. Uh, I guess it was four and a half months, but I had a huge knee brace I had to wear for eight months and it was brutal. And so it's like knowing that this, it's just, mm, I don't know. Surrendering is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And it's like this complete knowing, even though it's painful and even though it's not something that you want to experience or something that you want. It's a very important way of living, surrendering to the bigger picture, surrendering to what you do not know and trusting that what you're being guided into will lead you to yourself and will return you to yourself and will give you the path of which you were meant to be on, not the path to which may have been the path you were to take, but it's no longer the path to take. Anyhow, I hope you all have a wonderful week. It is such an honor to record this podcast. I know that this was a lot of information, lots of things to ponder. Please know that I am processing things just as you are. I'm human just as you are, and we're doing this together. Alrighty. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Cheers.